And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. All right. You knew it was going to hit on the federal level. Hmm. Here we go. Democratic lawmakers announced a resolution yesterday asking the federal government to pay trillions of dollars in reparations to descendants of slaves and people of African descent. I love that where they went. They're right here. But not all members of Congress are on board. <laughs> like oh really? Like it was like it's a surprise. Is that is that why it's a resolution? <laughs> the resolution, which Representative Cory Bush uh, said she uh, would introduce on Wednesday, which mm-hmm. is yesterday, calls for fourteen trillion dollars. There you go. Bush would not. Now, this is this is the kind of stuff we deal with constantly over reparations. But Bush would not say where the funding for reparations would come from. Well, we're it's still, a resolution. You don't have to put the funding mechanism in a resolution. We're still <laughs> having those kinds of conversations. Yeah, she said we're still having. Who, who's we? And and. Shouldn't she be petitioning the president to lead the uh, her party and you know get this done? Yes, I mentioned fourteen trillion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come on, Jack. You, you think the administration is smart enough to say, "Look, what's going on with Newsom? We don't want to touch this." No, this is my whole thought. Is my first thought was, "Well, this is one way to get it off of Newsom's desk, at least for a second. And then put it right onto Joe Biden's desk while he's in Japan. Uh, it would roughly be three hundred and sixty thousand per eligible recipient. Hmm. So fourteen trillion dollars. Uh, our 
Our uh, debt right now is 31.4, the last I saw. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, our budget every year, well, Biden wants $6 trillion this year. I don't know if he's going to get it. But, mm. but yeah, I, uh, why don't you do that? Yeah, do that. See what the inflation is going to be like. Well, I would like a press conference where Cory Bush and the president, you know, step up to the podium together. Yes. Put this on 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 uh, Joe Biden immediately. Do you think that they were just, come on, California's, because I mean, there is no self-awareness at all. They're not looking at the fact that everybody's laughing at California. Right. And you did see that the one... The one uh, reparations activist in San Francisco still is looking for the five million per eligible recipient. Yeah, and says, "Well, we can get the money. We just go after the, all the billionaires in San Francisco." Yeah. Okay. Of course, that's always the answer. It's like go after the billionaires. Yeah. See if that'll work. Uh huh. Yeah, see if you can. Hey, where'd all the billionaires go? <laughs> that's why. That's why. <laughs> They want to chase them wherever they go in the world uh-huh. and tax them years after they've left. Yeah. That's why. Th- that's I, Well, my thought is then why not just if you think you can do that, then just go ahead and tax all the billionaires who've never even lived in the U.S. Go after all of them. <laughs> California's global citizen tax. <laughs> the global, <laughs> I like that. The global citizen the global tax. global citizen tax. Oh, wow, I like it. No, I can see them, uh, the justification would be, well, California produces so many things. They are a massive, massive economy as a state. And as such, the entire world has directly or indirectly benefited from the productivity of our state. Therefore, we hereby enact the global citizen tax of california and in response the world would laugh yeah you're not going to get anything no we're still 14 trillion how are you going to pay for it Ah, we'll we'll get back to you we're still working on that part i love the mindset though because it's so delusional that because they, I, I believe they really think this way, that the, the more it's impossible, the more we promote doing the impossible, because if you promote the impossible, then you care more. Mm-hmm. And I think it's across the board. No, we know it's impossible, and we'll destroy the nation by going solar and wind, but Better we destroy the nation and attempt to do something like this than not do anything else at all. Huh? I really think this is how they think. And I really think on reparations, and that's why it got all the way up to $200 million per person. This is where Cory Bush just missed the opportunity altogether. I mean, look, if you're going to go $14 trillion, Yeah, go bigger. Go much bigger with a bigger allotment for each recipient. Mm-hmm. It's not that hard. If you're going to, again, promote something that is not going to happen in Congress, 
than promote something very, very big. You know, I the thing is, it's so delusional to us because we know how impossible it is. Does the average American know? Because, you know, and this is why, for example, when you and I did, you know, this goes back a long time ago, and we were like, how do we simplify the national debt for everybody in terms that they can understand. Because you hear trillions, and it doesn't make sense to anybody. So when you hear, for example, $14 trillion for reparations, how many Americans go, well, my God, I understand what the debt is right now and where our country is. It's impossible. And that kind of money, you know, knowing what the American Rescue Plan did for inflation, well, if you ever did a $14 trillion <laughs> thing for reparations, my God, you'd be in a you might be in a recession for you might be a, a, a high inflation for a decade or two decades. Mm. I mean, you you can't do it. There is no there is the money doesn't exist to do it. Yeah, and what I like about the concept is you can only do it through debt financing. Yeah, right. You know, so that would it would all add on to the debt because there's no way they could raise the taxes to do it. So what you're saying is, uh, people who weren't slaves. And are a couple of generations, quite a few generations away from slaves should get money, reparations, paid for by generations that aren't alive yet. Right. And if we do that, then uh, we can soothe our guilt by having other people that don't exist yet give millions of dollars to people who weren't slaves. Right. And then say, we did our part. <laughs> right. Our guilt is gone because we had well, someone else, and, and future that, generations, our children and grandchildren, mm-hmm. pay for what you want. Well, and at that point, then the left would would have to be done, right? I mean, what they would be saying is it would end... All wrongdoings. Oh, you silly boy, you. See, there's the part that nobody's even, that's the door nobody's yeah. even opened. It's just, the, this is just the beginning. This just. Because you can't make the case, everybody's focused on the dollar amounts. No, you're not focused on the more impossibler <laughs> problem. <laughs> and that is. What you say, because here's the other thing, too. Impossibler. <laughs> here's the other thing, too. If there are going to be reparations, right? It, 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 it you know, it, it, it means repair. Fix right. once and right. for all. Right. Well, no, that's not going to be the case. And there's no one on the left trying to even, that is even having that part of, the uh, discussion because nobody's asking them of course we always will and they don't want to have that discussion because what does it mean then you know beyond that well how many others would the left look at and say okay now we need to do reparations here and reparations here and all the wrongdoings because you're not going to correct the wrongdoings of the past. You know, I'm Irish. I should get a couple of bucks. 
Right. At least two. <laughs> but I mean, how how many how many avenues could you go down? Well, that's, oh, you, that's, you, you could spend the rest of your exactly. life going down because going, if going down these get, avenues, if you could get the political will to get this done, this is the hail mary of wealth redistribution. I have a suggestion. Uh, uh, I I think that you know you you always go after in in the drug war you always go after the dealer right mm-hmm. why don't we go after those African countries that were responsible for selling slaves to the United States is anybody asking for that because if if the idea is that at you know once and for all and it may be far too late but there's going to be reparations then certainly don't you have to complete that equation would there not yeah. be punishment? Right. Uh, some types of uh, sanctions, whatever it might be. If you're going to right the wrong, shouldn't you go through all the measures to do so? Well, the fact is you can't right the wrong. It it's happened. impossible it's to do. Done. It, it happened. It's, it's, it's impossible yeah, to do. It's over, yeah. You can't, you can't right that wrong. Nope. Yeah. And so, I mean, the left will say, well, that's what uh, that's what the right is attempting to erase by not putting in critical race theory. They're trying to erase history. Stop lying. Yeah. That would be my response. Stop lying. No, I mean, that's exactly what they do. They'll I don't say, know. Well, I don't, I don't know any. The right doesn't want to teach about slavery. Yeah, I don't know any. That's false. I don't know anybody on the right that wishes to. uh not teach slavery. Well, it has been for a long, long time. You want to talk about rewriting history. The revisionists have been on the left. Yeah. Well, look, I mean, the Democrats are still the ones that practice identity politics, judging people by groups and not individuals. Right. If if you're a, if you're a true conservative, that means you you cherish the autonomy of the you know, human soul, uh, and you cherish the rights of individuals. You believe mm-hmm. in the rights of individuals, which is why you believe this under the system of the Constitution that we have, right. uh, which is why you believe in the in the Bill of Rights, which is why you believe in our republic, which is why you believe uh, in um, the, the fact that the, the tyranny of the majority – which is the basis of the Constitution, uh, is not going to, you know, sweep over, the, you know, the minority out there, which would be the minority voter or the person on the with the minority opinion, which is why we have the Senate, which is why we have the Electoral College. If you truly break it down as to those who don't believe in racism, it's actually the true conservative. The Democrat today mm. believes in racism well, because they embrace identity politics. Well, yes. and we've, we've stated that for the last 20 years. We've never had one person challenge us on it because they can't. So there you go. It, 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 you point out something that, you know, a, a wise man once said. Reparations is more than just money. I think that wise man was named Gavin Newsom. <laughs> 
and I think he once said it just uh, about a little uh, week and a half ago uh, because he doesn't want to talk about the price. But on that idea, he's right in part, as we d- demonstrated. But what about sanctions against other uh, uh, nations who were involved in slave trade? All right. Even before we go there, domestically, what about the party that is responsible yeah, for, for race? If we're going to do reparations, right. what then about- we must eliminate the Democratic Party who has been responsible for so many wrongdoings and, of African Americans. And the Democratic Party that still promotes racial politics yes that support identity politics which judges people by groups that discriminated against conservative blacks and have been doing so for over 40 years that will come after you if you don't think the way right that they think based on your skin color as we've stated there is no other organization in the history of the united states that promoted and supported slavery and Jim Crow laws than the Democratic Party. So if we're going to do reparations, Democrats should Let's pay do him. it. Let's do it. Tell us where we're wrong. And that's why Democrats feel so guilty right now. That's why they're coming up with the reparations, yeah. because they feel the guilt. Yep. Right? Yep. 866-90-RED-EYE. Higher production, lower prices, decent margins. That's the gist of USDA's 2024 forecast for the broiler industry. That's another uh, species that is going to benefit from the lower feed prices. USDA's Outlook Chairman Mark Jekinowski is projecting next year's broiler production to be about 47.8 billion pounds, up about 1.5% from this year's expected production. He's looking at broiler prices to average almost $1.29 a pound. That would be down about 2% or so. However, he says producer margins could still improve next year. Both because of lower feed prices and, you know, the expectation that we're not going to continue to be hit with HPAI cases. HPAI, that strain of avian influenza, has caused the loss of millions of chickens recently, though outbreaks have been few and far between. Meanwhile, feed prices should decline next year, with both corn and soybean prices expected to be considerably lower in 2024. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. This report is made possible by Cenex Roadmaster XL Premium Diesel and Sitco Lubricants. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed, bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal, but man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting, you know. There's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. 
Brought to you by Motel 6. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Detroit Radio News, Eric Carly. Uh, he's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. Just look at this here. I mean, why was this even a story? I'm just Fox News, Fox Business had this, mm. and this is uh, all over the place Wednesday or Thursday, excuse me, all over the place Thursday because there's just so many different stories we haven't been able to get to. You probably saw this one: Texas parents revealed charging 19-year-old daughter rent as this trend receives criticism and support. about a couple from Texas who took uh, to TikTok to share their thoughts on the subject of their daughter, Hmm. uh, who's 19 years old, graduated from high school in May of 2022 and quickly began uh, paying her parents' rent on uh, on June 1st. She decided to stay home and work full-time, not go to college. Okay. And you pay rent. Yeah, that's... I did that. Got to pay your way. Yeah. You're helping that child by charging them rent. Trust me. And they talk about the controversy of it that parents shouldn't do that to kids. I'm How like, dare you? What? How dare you? That's their home. No, it's not. I don't know. My parents did this with me, and it almost <laughs> ruined our relationships mm-hmm. in one child. Mm-hmm. Wow. You got to pay your way. You got to learn to do that. Wow. Or you can go somewhere else and pay your way there. That's true. Carly taking your calls. 1-866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carly and I'm Gary McNamara. So just this this story here, just because I'm like, well, where's the controversy? Hmm. Uh, Texas parents revealed charging 19-year-old daughter rent as trend receives criticism and support. Charging your child for rent has many disagreeing on how best to handle adult children living at home. Some kids decide to leave the nest once they graduate high school. Others may stay home and live with their parents, but at what cost? <laughs> the hashtag parents charging rent on TikTok has received more than, you ready for this? Mm. 59.7 billion views. Well, everyone in China has watched it like nine times. Times, I know. According to data found by Fox Business, the this current trend has ignited a debate, leading many to find this parental decision 
to have a negative effect on the parent-child relationship. Erica and Cody Archie of Gatesville, Texas, took to TikTok to share their thoughts on the subject after their daughter, uh, 19, graduated from high school in May of 2022 and quickly began paying her parents' rent on June 1st. Uh, Kylie uh, Deason graduated in May of 2022. She decided to stay at home and work full-time, leading her parents to start charging her rent. The parents told their daughter that if she was not going to enroll in college, but rather work a full-time job and live at home, they would be charging her $200 a month for rent. It's 50 bucks a week. Mm-hmm. Less than 50 bucks a week. There's four and a third weeks in every month. The purpose behind charging her rent was to get her to realize that everything is not free and start to prepare her for adulthood. As you go into the workforce, you're going to have to be responsible for your own rent and food. She lived at home with her parents for nine months, paying $200 a month, which is significantly cheaper than other rental properties in the area. (laughs) Yeah, I uh, have family from Gatesville, uh, It's not much cheaper, but it is cheaper. (laughs) She she moved out this year, but her parents said the time spent at home prepared their daughter for the next steps of adulthood and independence. Of course. Cody and Erica Archie shared their parenting method on TikTok, which received both criticism and support after they revealed that their daughter paid them that money. I'm guessing uh, she still has access to groceries. I don't know that they address it in this and your version of the story. I didn't see it in the story that I read, but I'm guessing the child still gets free food. So room and board oh, by, by living at the house. Yeah. 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 For 200 right. a month right. is a great deal. Right. And the parents are still outspending her. I think she for ga- her care. I think she has gained more perspective on how much things in the real world cost. Yep. Said Erica. Yeah. Um, the Archies said they uh, had her develop Dave Ramsey's envelopes uh, system, mm. as uh, uh, Dave has, uh, you know, encouraged. From an early age, she had three envelopes: save, spend, and give. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father said he sat her down to discuss her financial future and help show uh, to show her what it takes to make a living. Oh, here it is. They do cover it here in this article. Okay. Uh, the parents revealed on TikTok that their daughter would pay $200 if she decided to buy her own groceries. Otherwise, her monthly charge would be $300. There you go. The video, their video garnered more than 720,000 views, with many agreeing uh, with the Archies and others finding the situation to be problem- problematic. problematic excuse me. Uh, I don't know. My parents did this with me, and it almost ruined our relationship. Made me feel like they care more about money more than me, one viewer commented. Hmm. 
My parents did this to me. Feels more like a punishment more than anything. <laughs> okay. Uh, the real world's going to punish you much harder if that's the way you feel about it. You'll look back on this and say, man, what a gift that would have been had I taken advantage of it. A study in 2022 by Lending to reported 85% of their par- of parents would let their children move back in as adults mm-hmm. or have previously done so, mm-hmm. and 73% would not charge them any rent. Well, I don't fall on that 73%, but our kids have moved in and out as they transition. If uh, my one daughter was waiting, they were waiting on their house. uh, And I had uh, pretty much all of my adult children. Now, my youngest of which is special needs. She'll likely always live at home. But all of my children, and they'll tell you, you pay rent. You do your part. That's the way it goes. You buy your groceries. That's the way it always goes. You know, I I remember, you know, uh, and my mom would always, you know, my late mom would always tell me that when, um, you know, when I went to college, I worked two jobs. and, mm-hmm. and never, But my dad was laid off in my first year. Mm-hmm. And they always told me that, you know, and, and I don't, they wouldn't take any money. They were fine, but I offered, but they wouldn't take any. But they just said, we didn't have to spend any money on you. Mm-hmm. You know, you, that was a huge burden that you took. And I was going to college and working two jobs. But as soon as I, you know, if I ever lived at home after college while I was working and not going to college, I paid rent. All the, And didn't even think about it. It was like, there, yeah. it, it was just, it was assumed there, you paid rent. You you do your part because it's a family union. You're part of the family. Mm-hmm. You help the family. You're you're a part of it, and you you still did. You know, even when you were an adult, you still did. You didn't pay the rent and say, "Well, I'm not going to do the dishes." Well, there are you other conditions had- that that we've always you know put in place and said, "Okay, uh, you know, if you're if you're going to do this, then it means that you're trying to get ahead." So if you're trying to get ahead, then then I want clear demonstration that that is the case. So if you're saving up for a house or you're whatever you're doing, right. uh, if you're going to college, you know, something to better yourself, further yourself, and that has to also be part of it. You can't just boom. Now, I guess if there were like emergency situations, you know, there might be different consideration. Oh, yeah, I'm sure, um, but, sure. you know, family's that's, family's family. That's you just the way out. it is. Yeah, you help out. You do whatever you can. You know, I'm getting older. I Look, I told my kids. Mom and I might just be knocking on your door. We might just have the RV, right, and then be on the road. You and I actually know a couple that does this. They live on the road. They don't own a home anymore. Uh, he used to work in promotions with us, and they RV full-time, Don and his mm-hmm. lovely wife. And then, like at Christmas time, they hang out at their kids' house. One of their, you know, adult children, they'll stop and visit, and they visit all the time. And uh, it's a great life. <laughs> I told my kids, I said, look, who knows? Might be knocking on your door one day. But but the idea, though. By the way, that, it doesn't work the other way around. What's that? If the That pa- you charge me rent? If the parent needs to move in with the child in mm-hmm. an older age, mm-hmm. you do not charge that. I would probably, you know, it, it's more likely that 
apparent in that, with few exceptions, there are exceptions to the rule, would offer to do something oh, for you. Oh, of course. And oh, you think quite often it is child care, actually. Oh, my. Uh, the child care, the free oh, yeah, child yeah, right. care will means a lot oh, of money. <laughs> you, you, my parents to, to, to them to think they owed me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is whenever I, I made a deal with my sister, a couple of, this goes back maybe 10 years. I made a, a deal with my sister that, uh, you know, because she always, you know, when my, when my mom got older and started getting dementia, you know, we didn't do stuff over at their house. We did it at my sister's house. Mm-hmm. And I said, how do I, and I was trying to find a way to pay my sister for this. I go, you know, it's like a couple times. It's like, well, let me give you money for some food or whatever. I mean, cause you're doing, it was the May, it was uh Christmas, Thanksgiving and Easter when mm-hmm. I would come back. Mm-hmm. And so I said, look, here's what I'll do. Every time I come back, I'll buy everybody breakfast. Yeah. Well, I didn't know that I was going to be back once a month and everybody wants to come to breakfast. So it's a huge bill. Oh, well. (laughs) And they tell me, they say, you know, we feel guilty. And I said, don't feel guilty. I love every moment of it to be able to do this. And everybody gathered together at our little, you know, favorite restaurant, uh, Marty's in Clarence Center, New York, Mm -hmm. which is just, and they all know us there. And we just, we, we just love them to death. And to be able to do that is, you know, one of the great joys in life. And they, that's the funny thing. They said, you don't actually mind doing that, do you? And I went, they could, and I said, no, I think you guys know this is one of the most joyful things. Oh, the get together like that and the get together when my mom was alive and, mm-hmm. and even, but mm-hmm. even now with my dad and everybody gathering together and being able to do it, m- not just once a year, but multiple times where it actually becomes a tradition mm-hmm. is something that, you know, even if you never know, but I mean, my, my, I could go before my dad, mm-hmm. but uh, even uh, if, you know, when that happens, we still plan on doing it multiple times a year. Coming mm-hmm. back, we want to keep that, you know, tradition, uh, uh, you know, going. So, mm-hmm. whenever I ask, you know, Dad, can I, you know, pay for something because I may stay at his house for a couple of days, and can I pay? No, you're paying already. I owe, and constantly, I got it the other day because whenever they need anything from Amazon, mm-hmm. I'm the one that does it and sends it to them, and and my father's constantly. When I go back, it's like he'll walk up to me and like throw five twenties on the table. I go, get out of here! No, my dad's you know? got to where he'll just he'll you know I'll be sitting in the chair in his living room <laughs> and he'll and he'll just throw money in my lap like I like there's no choice. I've got to catch it. I, I get that too. Yes, just throw like, it at dad, you. Dad, what are you doing? Yeah. And yeah. and uh, you know, but you, there gets to a point when you're all adults and it's like whatever anybody you know. Mm-hmm. Your, whatever you need, well, there, there, there is no, there is no bean counting. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that too is that quite often you'll see the parents. I won't admit guilt to this. Uh, actually, set the money aside, and then as they finish college or whatever, you know, say, hey, you know, all yep. that money that you paid in rent or all this that you did or whatever. And uh, here, it, it's the lesson is so much more valuable to the child. For those in that age group on TikTok that are crying about it, if you ever become an adult, then you'll realize what a gift it is in that you could learn such a lesson at such a low cost. Well, but it, 
I think it, it goes. It went back. I know. I won't speak for anybody else, but I know for me. You know, we've talked about this before. That when we were young, when I got the paper route, I wanted a paper route. I didn't want the allowance from my parents mm-hmm. because there were always things tied to it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's where I was really mistaken. This is where my mother and I completely miscommunicated. I thought that when I got the paper route and did stuff, and I said, "No, you don't need to pay me the allowance." You didn't have to do chores. Yeah. Yeah, no. My mother informed me that that was not the case. I was mowing lawns, making money. Yeah, I did Guess the same what? thing. I had to come yeah. home, mow the lawn mow the for lawn. free. Yeah, we, did, we did all that. And then yeah. when I, you know, then you started working. But the whole thing of working is you didn't want, you didn't want to be dependent on your parents. That was the whole thing. So when for the short time after college, when I lived with my parents, that was normal. You just, you did it because you, you still, okay, I'll live here for, you know, I'll, I'll be here for a while, mm-hmm. but I'm going to. I'm, I'm going to carry my weight. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be self-sufficient. I mm-hmm. it, That was always, whether I was, you know, there with them for a little bit or whatever, there was, you know, di- no difference. And that thought was always in my head. But at a very young age, how old were we doing paper routes? 12? Oh, yeah. I was younger than that. Yeah. Might have been because I 11, yeah. I became a Boy Scout. I remember we were doing it then. So, yeah. yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and uh, I'm Gary McNamara. So I saw that uh, Adam Schiff was speaking yesterday. We didn't talk a lot about the Durham report today because we covered mm-hmm. it for well, we covered it for six years, and then <laughs> <laughs> and then the the last two days. But uh, I yeah. saw he was on Lawrence O'Donnell. Mm-hmm. I saw the transcript of it, and he didn't give any specifics about why it was bogus, right. and he still hasn't said specifically how he knows that Trump colluded with the Russians. Right. And what I got out of yesterday was they're just going to say there's nothing there right? and not yep. talk about yep. anything. It's just, no, there's nothing there. Yeah. Nothing no, there. the there's New York Times there. did a piece. I don't know if it was the editorial board, uh, but they, that, yeah. they did a piece on it. Uh, it's nothing. Uh, it's nothing. Well, if you've been part of the hoax yep. and someone does a report on the hoax, you're going to go, ah, it's nothing. nothing. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. Right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search BLEAV on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 